It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, December 13th. We are now officially in the fantasy football playoffs. And game on. If you're still listening, you're likely in the playoffs. If not, it's kind of weird that you're listening, but I respect it. Uh, But if you are here, you are in the playoffs and you need to make some waiver moves. We're going to dive into it. This is not a robust waiver run, but there are some key players out there. So I'm going to get right into it here. We start at the top two running backs who are surprisingly fairly widely available. J.K. Dobbins is out there in enough leagues to make the list. Now, you have to be available in at least 30% of leagues, and he's just over that. So I don't know. It's worth a peak in your leagues. I know he's probably not there. But I would go 50 to 100%. This is the time of year where we're just spending our fab because it isn't going to do us any good in the offseason. The other player is Zonovan Knight. Knight is available in over 40% of leagues, which is surprising. Maybe some people thought Michael Carter was going to impact Zonovan Knight's usage. That didn't happen. Knight's a clear lead back in early downs, averaging five yards per carry over his last three games. That's not going anywhere down the stretch. So if those guys are out there, they're must-ads. Now, I realize... Again, probably not out there. Uh, Traylon Burks. I'd go 30% on Traylon Burks. He's available in half of leagues, which is wild. Perhaps he was dropped with the concussion, but he should get back on the field this week. And he was really coming on strong right before the, uh, the concussion two weeks ago. Should be a wide receiver three down the stretch. How about this? Evan Ingram, 20%. Now, I don't expect last week to happen again. And they do have a relatively tough run of games for the fantasy football playoffs. But by the same token, tight end is terrible. It's brutal. It is so tough to field a viable option. And Ingram has proven over the course of the season, yes, he's going to be a little bit hit or miss, but he can get it done. And he likely will be a top 12 option here going forward. Uh, remember, if you want to listen to rankings, I do a rankings podcast on the FTN Fantasy Football podcast feed on Wednesdays. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 20%. He's having a breakout year, and he had a season-best game. 114 receiving yards. He had 12 targets in the process. Flex-worthy option there with uh, Deshaun Watson under center now for Cleveland. Zay Jones at 15%. I do actually prefer Peoples-Jones just slightly over Zay Jones because well, Peoples-Jones has the higher ceiling, but Trevor Lawrence loves himself some Zay Jones. 10-plus targets in three of his last four games. Jarek McKinnon, 12%. I, I'm i going to be wary about him, just like Evan Ingram, where we don't expect last week's production every week, but he is heavily involved as the clear-cut passing down back. Obviously, Pacheco is there, Isaiah Pacheco in early downs, but McKinnon, I mean... He's done a really nice job for the team this season, and now we know his ceiling any given week is pretty darn pretty darn high. Uh, Chuba Hubbard at 10%. He's eighth on my list here. Yes, he's behind Deontay Foreman in the pecking order, but a couple things. He's getting work, first and foremost. They are going to run the football. He's, he has 17 touches over his last two games. They're going to run the football, and oddly enough, this team is in the playoff hunt. They're in the playoff hunt. So they're going to continue to lean on what works, and that means a full committee in their backfield because Blackshear is going to get used as well. Uh, However, there's enough here where Hubbard could emerge on the flex radar at points, and we need that ammunition for the playoffs. Uh, Elijah Moore, 7%. He's alive, baby. 10 targets last week, trending up down the stretch finally. 
Jahan Dotson, also 7%. Uh, he had one of the prettiest touchdowns you're going to see, run after catch-wise, from a, a wide receiver the last time we saw this team. And he's facing the same defense yet again. They oddly face the Giants before and after their bye. Whatever schedule makers, but Jahan Dotson should be rostered. The only other tight end I have on my list this week is Chigakonkwo. I'm willing to go 7%. He is having a breakout stretch here, and that really, you know, came all together last week. Six catches, 45 yards, and a score for a Conquo. Daniel Jones, who? Uh, probably your best streamer this week. He is facing Washington, as I just mentioned, and he was the number 11 fantasy quarterback against the Commanders just two weeks ago. He's not going to do much with his arm. Jones adds value with his legs, and he's actually done so in each of the last two weeks. We know how good of a running quarterback he is. In a week where Jared Goff has a bad matchup, there's a couple bad matchups out there. Jones may be the best streamable option. Chris Moore, only 3%. I mean, he's coming off a 100-yard performance with no Brandon Cooks, no Nico Collins. I don't expect lightning to strike twice, but in deeper leagues where wide receivers picked over, you may not be able to do better. Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, 2-2 Atwell. They're all 3%. You pick your poison here. In theory, Jefferson should be the lead receiver, but Skoranek seemed to be the guy Baker Mayfield favored, but Tutu Atwell was getting the downfield target. So there's, you know, you choose your own adventure here. None of them are particularly desirable options, but if you are hard up at wide receiver, they're, they're available. Brock Purdy, 3%. I mean, he can hang as the starter. He's not going to be a one-quarterback option outside of deep league, so that's why he's he's down here. But two-quarterback or super flex, he's probably already rostered, so the only place you could grab maybe is in a deeper one-quarterback league. Trent Nerwin, who? Two <laughs> percent. Uh, well, he caught that long touchdown this past week for the Bengals. T. Higgins has a hammy. Tyler Boyd's almost certainly going to miss this week with a finger injury, so we could see more of Trent Irwin there for Joe Burrow. Isaiah Hodgins, 2%, so two no-namers basically a couple weeks ago now are viable uh, ads. Big-bodied receiver for the Giants, scored against the Eagles last week, has had back-to-back good performances. Jordan Mason, 1%, only for the Christian McCaffrey folks. Roster Mason if you have McCaffrey. Desmond Ritter, all right, so super flex, I'd go 50-plus percent. Deep one quarterback leagues, only a percent or two on him. We don't know what to expect out of Ritter. I know optimism suggests he's going to be the next, you know, greatest thing, you know, for Atlanta. But the simple reality, we don't know what to expect. So is he worth the money in Superflex? Yes, because it's hard to find high ceiling options at this time of year, a quarterback in that format. By the same token, I don't want to get too carried away and just simply assume that he's going to hit because he's a third-round pick. He was a third-round pick for a reason, not guaranteed to hit, but the upside is appealing. Baker Mayfield. All right, so he looks like he's going to be the starter for the rest of the season for the Rams. We know what Baker Mayfield is, unlike Desmond Ritter. We know what Baker Mayfield is, but I'm only so I'm only going 20 to 25% in Superflex, but he should be rostered. Colt McCoy, this one sucks. Kyler Murray did tear his ACL, so he is out for the season. 15 to 20% on Colt McCoy. We know what Colt McCoy is right now, and yeah, but you may have to rely on him in a Superflex. Uh, I have Anthony Brown on here, although Tyler Huntley is practicing, so maybe you don't throw anything on Anthony Brown. We'll do the same thing, same act, uh, activity here with Brett Rippon and Mitchell Trubisky. All three of those quarterbacks, so you had Huntley in concussion protocol, Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett. And by the way, I don't expect Lamar Jackson to play this week. Uh, as of now, Lamar not practicing. 
because there are Saturday games this week. So if you were, if you wanted to get out ahead of this, maybe you grab one of those guys. I I think Brown now is the least likely to grab. I'm not going to go much more than a couple percent on them. And, and really, you may not need to grab them anyway. Uh, the players I'm not picking up, Jamison Williams, I love the story. He ran six routes this week. I mean, that's it. He's decidedly the number four, possibly the number five, depending on how they use Khalif Raymond. So you have, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark. And then you also have Josh Reynolds, who's clearly ahead of Jamison Williams. I mean, he ran basically 20 more routes than him this past week. So as great of a story as it is, and, and it was awesome that he caught that touchdown, He's a guy we're adding or we're looking at for next year. And then the other player, Marlon Mack. You should have known that was coming if you know me. I mean, what do we want from Marlon Mack, honestly? Latavius Murray's the lead back there. Marlon Mack had the long touchdown. He almost screwed that one up too, by the way. So I'm not going for it. You take the cheese if you want, but I'm not going to. Uh, hold list, cut list is going to be pretty short because, well, hold list especially because we're now in end game mode in fantasy football. That means there's no more rest of season for us. If we don't win this week, we're playing this week and we don't win, season's over. So if you have to cut players to make space to block your opponent, to stockpile, uh, you know, basically anybody who would be startable against you, even if you don't need them, then you do it. You you do it. If as long as you're not giving your opponents anything, you do it. The one player I'm willing to hold this week is James Cook. I know he was disappointing last week, but guess what? All of Buffalo was disappointing, with the exception of maybe Dawson Knox, even Josh Allen, disappointing. So I don't think this was a James Cook thing. So I'm willing to hold him this week. Uh, the guys who I'm cutting, I mean, I'm definitely cutting Kyron Williams. He's buried on the depth chart. Noah Fant, like tight ends like that. Uh, cutting Debo Samuel. You have to make this decision with somebody like Debo Samuel, Damian Pierce, guys like that, because these guys, I mean, they are, they're not going to play this week. They may not play next week. So best case scenario, you would get them back in week 17 when you could have already lost by that point. So if it's up to me, if I had Debo Samuel, as much as this sucks, the earliest I think he plays is week 17, and I don't even know if he plays then, but say I have Debo Samuel and Traylon Burks is out there. I don't, I don't even if I don't need Traylon Burks, I don't want my opponents to get Traylon Burks, so I would drop Debo Samuel. And the nice thing, too, is if, like, let's say he does come back in week 17 and you make it that far, you're only competing against one other team on waivers. It's not 11 teams if you're in a 12-teamer anymore, or even right now, where you're competing against five teams on waivers, you're only competing against one team. So I'm more willing to do that at this time of year. All right, defensive streamers. Well, first and foremost, if you have any of these defenses, I think it's just stay the course time because they've all proven to be pretty good defenses, even if they're not in the greatest matchups. Like San Francisco. It's not the greatest matchup against Seattle, but I'm keeping San Francisco. Philly. You got to face Justin Fields, but all right, cool. Philly, I'm keeping them. Dallas, uh, definitely keeping Dallas. Like, I don't care who they're facing. Uh, they get Jacksonville. All right, fine. New England. And then how about this? Baltimore. That defense has proven to be excellent here down the stretch. Love in Baltimore, even against Cleveland. Um, Top-tier streamers. <laughs> Find whoever's playing Houston. And this week, that goes to Kansas City. Giddy up, Kansas City. Uh, Denver also in play. They are going to face... Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, so Colt McCoy, uh, on his career, has basically got a one-to-one touchdown-interception ratio, so that bodes well here for the Broncos. And then Green Bay is facing the Rams. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. 
that all of a sudden this is like going to turn his career around or anything. I think you can still pick on him with the Packers. If those defenses are all scooped up, then the New Orleans Saints versus Desmond Ritter, we don't know what we're going to get out of him. So, you know, I'm going to pick on a rookie quarterback. Sometimes that backfires. It does. But I'm going to pick on him anyway. Like last week, it backfired if you use Tampa. All right, fine. Those are the breaks on team defense. you got to take your shots, though. Washington Commanders against the Giants. The Commanders have been a top 10 fantasy defense over their last month of games. Uh, both sides of this one, too, the Steelers and the Panthers. I want the Steelers against the Panthers because I want to pick on Sam Darnold. Uh, I want the Panthers against the Steelers because I want to pick on Mitchell Trubisky and or Kenny Pickett. Pretty straightforward right there. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us today. FTNFantasy.com, go check it out. And remember, the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast, that's where you'll get a, a, a Wednesday podcast. And most weeks of Friday, I'm not going to be on Friday this week. I am uh, away uh, for a quick family uh, holiday thing. Do it every year. So it is what it is. But the content will still be up over at FTNFantasy.com. And I will be updating rankings there too. Uh, my wife's uh, so happy that I get to bring my laptop to update rankings for the Thursday and the Saturday games. Anyway, that'll do it for today. At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter. I'll catch you next Tuesday for another edition of this podcast. Until then, I'm Jeff Radcliffe and I'm out.